Uh, I'm not crazy. I'm serious though. Can the ending of episode nine be pay no attention to the man behind the curtain and it's just Palpatine, like just his head, and he's like, ha ha ha, it was me. Oh, it's like Oz. Yeah. Nice. Why not? The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. Egg salad sandwiches are a fine delicacy to cheat death. Cheat death. Only been achieved by one. But if we work together... You know, there's actually an emperor in the Old Republic. Ah, yes. And he's, like, just wiped the floor with Shiev Palpatine. Like, it's not even close. Yes, but you see who lived longer. Do you have a birth certificate? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. You have my birth certificate. Yeah. I have access to the records on Naboo, so yes. What the actual fuck? And if you believe Palpatine is the man behind the curtain, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe, that is Dan, that is Jeff, and this is Industrial December. We're talking about Circle of Dust. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, I got a little more excited. There sorry, I was, still in, I was still in character. <laughs> so, Emperor uh, Palpatine, can I call you Emperor? I suppose. Are you a fan of Circle of Dust? Yes. Are you a fan of industrial music? I do enjoy some loops. And, <laughs> and what are your favorite loops? Fruity. I would say the chocolate kind. And why does it have to be chocolate? Is that like your target? Because, like many things, it is the dark side <laughs> of loops. It's the whole tier donut? Yes. <laughs> that was fantastic. Bravo. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, just for, just for my fun. Who is it? It's the Papa Emeritus from the band Ghost. I am wondering if you've ever considered the Lord and Master Satan. Have you ever met the Lord and Master Darth Sidious? I can't do it, dude. I'm sorry. For he, st- <laughs> he stands before you. Got to a bunch of fucking That's nerds. So this fucking is great. Good. You have such a limited understanding of the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? I don't know. <laughs> We're talking about Circle of Dust. I, I ate some fucking, I ate some fucking Kit Kats, and then I don't remember what happened after that. Yeah, I woke like... up speaking in a Neo Palpatine voice. Well, before we go into spoilers for The Last Jedi, I want to take the time to say thank you to everyone that's listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Google Play. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on TuneIn Radio. So if you have an Amazon Echo product, you can say to it, Alexa, play the latest episode of Discography Discussion, and she will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and Dan is going to tell you all about five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews here at Discography Discussion. If you love us, we definitely love you. Leave us a review, whichever amount of stars you feel like represents us the best. We'll even read them on the show. Probably. We had a tweet this week. Yes, that we did. This came from Alt1, or he's listed as AC. Yep. This is in regards to our Cybreed episode. Just finished this episode. Thanks for turning me on to Threat Signal. You're welcome. Had never heard of them and gave Disconnect a few listens. Good stuff. Yeah, it's one of my albums of the year, so it's... 
It's a fantastic listen. So if you haven't, go check it out. All right. So we got a Facebook comment from uh, Derek Smith. He actually posted this on his wall. And uh, originally he was posting uh, that the As the Story Grows podcast is by far hands down number one go-to podcast for solid state band interviews, which I agree with. Yeah, Travis is the man when it comes to that. He also said, also, the podcast discography discussion is also a fabulous resource for solid state bands. They recently they recently did a 2.3 hour discussion of all the Living Sacrifice albums. Was it that long, Joe? I guess it was a minute. Yeah. It was about two hours after we put the interview on there with Jason Wisdom. That's true. Okay, cool. Well, uh, thank you so much, Derek Smith. I appreciate you, man. And, uh, yeah, excited to – we'll definitely definitely have some more solid state bands uh, in our wheelhouse sometime. You want to do the shout-out to Dave, Jeff? Dave is our patron. Dave is our hero. Thank you, Dave. We love you, man. Everybody should be more like Dave. Everybody really should. And how can they be more like Dave? Well, obviously, for our benefit, it would be to uh, sub- subscribe and then donate to Patreon. But Dave is actually a, uh, a pretty cool guy. So he's the best. He really is. So just as a human being, if there were more Daves on this planet, we'd be a much happier place. So Dan, tell me about Circle of Dust. Circle of Dust is an industrial metal band that was signed to a record label called REX Music back in the early 90s. Uh, They were very notable at the time for being one of the only quote-unquote Christian industrial metal bands that were out at that time. Uh, I think we had Mortal before that who played uh, industrial and uh, a few others. Um, But for the most part, Circle of Dust was absolutely the shit at that time. Uh, You had, you know, heavy guitars. You had um, programmed drums, loops, samples, good singing and good screaming and good digitally manipulated voices. Yeah. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah, this was like Christian Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Pretty Hate Machine? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think this is this is more hard-hitting than that, but that's just me. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is, but there's definitely... I, I think you can... I guess I'm trying to give a parallel for people who would not necessarily have heard of Circle of Dust, what they could actually Got it. Equ- equate it to. And like you said, like a harder... Pretty Hate Machine is my first thought. For sure. All industrial bands, I think, inevitably get compared to Nine Inch Nails. And we've it's said hard this- not to. It's right. just like saying it not it's trying Don't to tell like Trent Reznor that. Well no, I mean it's it's a compliment. It's just it's like whenever you, you talk talk thrash and of course you're gonna start talking you know, Slayer, Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth. I mean, those are the four that everybody is going to get compared to if you're thrash. Well, I definitely feel privileged and spoiled when I listen to Circle of Dust because Dan is probably the only person in the room that's actually heard the original release of Circle of Dust. (laughs) Uh, Everything that I was able to find on the streaming services was either a remaster in 2016 when they put out their new record or... It was a remaster of a re-recording, and I'll ask you, Dan, 1992 Circle of Dust self-titled album, which version have I heard? Because I can find three that exist. You've heard the um, 1995 re-release. So Clayton, the guy behind Circle of Dust. This is a one-man gang, then, is what you're telling me. Sort of. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, There's a little bit of point of contention on that subject. So, 
The first Circle of Dust album, Clayton recorded himself. And that was the release that I was familiar with. And I guess after they put out the Brainchild album in 94, I think they needed another release or they were trying to re-promote the uh, original release of the self-titled. So Clayton went in and he was very unhappy, very vocally unhappy about the way the original sounded. And he wanted to go back into the studio and give it another shot. And that's the version of Circle of Dust that most people have heard, is the 1995 re-release. or re- It's not even a remaster, it's a re-recording. Re-release. Yeah, it's a re-recording. And it doesn't have all the same songs. Track listing is different. But I really, really loved both versions for different reasons. So I'm going to talk for a minute about the first record, the the original release, the 92 release. This was industrial metal. It was heavy. However, it was um, like the guitars were a little bit quieter than what we, what we had in the re-release. So this record actually feels the most industrial to me because it almost has that like lo-fi underground skinny puppy sound to it. And... Um, but apparently Clayton was not happy with that, so he got rid of it. Um, and one of the things I'll mention is I think some of the songs were a little bit more explicitly Christian on the original release, and it, it kind of seems like those songs were removed for the re-release. He just didn't like them for whatever reason, got rid of them. So that's uh, that that's really the only reasoning I see is he was just unhappy with the way the first shot at it sounded. And um, their out their next album, Brainchild, was a significant improvement over that sound. So I could see him maybe kind of retooling a few things in order to make it fit better. So 1995 was just the second album, Brainchild, was so much better. Why don't we just do the first one again? Kind of, but they see that's assuming the Brainchild is a Circle of Dust record. Because, but it's really not. Actually, this, shit, this shit's complicated, people. Yeah, because uh, so. te- technically it's a um, side project. Right. Named Brainchild. Named Brainchild. And the album title was actually Mind Warp. Yep. But I guess they needed another Circle of Dust album. Clayton was involved. It was basically Circle of Dust. So they released it as Circle of Dust Brainchild. And it's a... It's as a- if that shit's not confusing enough. Like, there's, you know three different versions of the first album and there's two different versions of the Brainchild album. Well, the remastered stuff, Clayton wasn't overly happy about that, if I'm not mistaken, because he wasn't involved in any of the remastering. I think a third party bought the rights after REX had gone under and they I think they remixed all that stuff uh, without him. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that that's the case. Everything that everybody has accessible is stuff that his fingerprints aren't 100% his. I could see that being quite annoying to someone who, at least at face value, is the band. Yeah, I mean, considering that he, you know, he he essentially plays all the instruments, does does the vocals, produces everything. If somebody comes in and remasters your shit after the fact, I think he'd be pissed. I mean, that's like somebody buying Bob Ross's show and yelling at the camera. (laughs) 
blasphemous. But, right? Like, Can we rewind for a second? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't until early 2016 that Clayton bought the rights to a circle of dust music back and began remastering and re-releasing. So those remasters that are on Apple Music and Spotify and everything, that's, that's done by Clayton. I wonder if they were remastered at some point and then he bought it back and then they did it were himself. re-released. I remember that Retroactive Records put out uh, put out Brainchild. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. With some bonus tracks and shit. And I mean, Clayton didn't have anything to do with that. All right. So yeah, that's totally. Yeah. This shit's complicated, guys. Yeah, let's just like totally retcon Week that. Week three say... of Industrial December, and nobody fucking knows what's going on. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> Clank did offer to to clear some stuff up for me. I really should have taken him up on it before we did this, but yeah. You want to try to call him? No, he's in Disney World right now, man. Leave him alone. Oh, uh, yeah. So. I'm jealous of Clank, then. <laughs> you should be. I want to be in Disney World right now. <laughs> okay, so um, if, we, if we can get back to discussing the albums and how they sound, because yeah. all that other shit's giving me a headache. I get you. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I mean, I, me too. I mean, it's it's rather confusing. So, it is. I, and I've already kind of cocked things up. So Yeah, so I mean, like, to, long story short, there's two versions of the first album. One was recorded back in 92. The other was recorded in 95. Uh, and then there's a remastered version of the 95 version. If you use a streaming service today, you're going to find a remastered copy of all three records that came out in the 90s. And then there's going to be a brand new record that came out in 2016. That's what we have. And approaching it today as a brand new listener, because I've heard Circle of Dust, but I've never sat down and really taken it in. What I can hear today... For the re-record of the first record, and I'm just going to say it's Circle of Dust, because until I find that 92 cassette that Dan has in his basement somewhere, this is what I have. It's actually in my cassette deck right now. At home? Yeah. Oh, the cassette deck that I told you to buy off of eBay? Yeah, that's the exact one. He bought it because Works it had great. Circle of Dust in it. No, it's not. <laughs> no, he, he bought it because I recommended it, and I, Ten apparently bucks. I, I did Works a good great. job. Yeah. So anyway, this is Jeff's symposium on 7.1 cassette audio. It never existed, <laughs> only in his dreams. When I listen to this record, I hear a heavy influence of Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. I hear a heavy, generic industrial feel. In my opinion, a real generic? industrial band cannot have real drums. They have to be programmed... To me, it's one of the qualifications of an industrial band. The Nine Inch Nails is not a real band, a real industrial band. Well, Trent Reznor would agree with you. Yeah, because Trent actually, uh, he plays the drums on uh, a fair amount of tracks. Their earliest releases, they were programmed. And Nine Inch Nails is the exception to, the, to a lot of rules because the albums have changed over time, but they're all samples. The point, the point I'm making is I'm, I listen to this record and I hear that influence and I like what I'm hearing. I hear a lot of what I like when I listen to Industrial. Uh, the big names like Orgy, Dope, a little bit of Rammstein, Nine Inch Nails. I hear that computerization. I hear that less than human touch, but then I hear things... One of the worst things you can do with programmed drums is program blast beats. It sounds like really bad grindcore. 
And this album has a couple spots where your groove was going really good, man. Why did you decide to program the blast beat? Because it doesn't sound good. Wow. I don't know. Are you really derailed? Yeah. (laughs) I really dig these guys a lot. Well, I'm going to go on record and say that I thought that the first Circle of Dust album was fucking great. Both versions of it. I liked that the songs were a little bit more accessible than what we would get on Brainchild, which is a whole different monster. Um, This record had really good melodic singing on it. This record has really good catchy beats. Uh, It is danceable in places. And a lot of kudos to the original release because I think it sounds really damn good no matter what Clayton says. I think it was a really good release the way it was, and he really didn't have to re-release it or re-record it, but I, he just felt in his mind that he needed to. Yeah, I mean, because it's his product. And his baby. It, right. Well, yeah, because uh, he's going to be his 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 own, you know, harshest critic. So, yeah, I understand why he's wanting to go back and perfect it, because that's he's has he has it in his mind the, what it should have been. So he's wanting to go back and, and redo it, right? And the uh, only the only difference between that and say say George Lucas and Star Wars films is that I think he he did it justice. Han still shoots first. It's just now he's got a fucking bazooka instead of a blaster. That's how I look <laughs> at it. No, I mean I'm serious. Stomped his face in. <laughs> they, well, what I mean by the generic aspects are these are the characteristics that an industrial band has to have. I hear all of them, and that's good. Because the record is really fucking good. It even has atmosphere. I guess I, I guess I, I only take an umbrage with it is because in '92 it wasn't generic. No, not at all. I, I, I this mean, was pretty original for '92. Yeah, I mean now, sure, he's more cutting edge than most at the time. You know, he's 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 a trendsetter. You know, pace setter. Uh, in you know a second tier i mean obviously trent reznor's first tier all by himself oh you think clayton's second tier compared to trent reznor i think everybody's second tier when it comes to industrial yeah fair enough yeah i, I don't mean that it, I, I definitely don't mean it in a negative way i just like circle of dust so much that yeah you know. I, I really do too so, so what's the best album dan what the original or the remix no no just Circle of Dust. What's the best album? Well, because I'm a meathead, Brainchild is the most metal one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we're, we're a it, metal podcast. What else do you expect me to say? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm going to be contrarian. I, I'm going to say Brainchild's the second best, but it's really damn close. Brainchild's really fucking good. Dude, Regressor? Yeah. Fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Deviate? Dude, I love that so shit, good. man. We talk about sequencing a couple episodes ago and how... The albums progressively became more metal, less industrial, and then we had this perfect balance. I think Dan is 100% correct. Brainchild is, let's put a little more metal into this thing that we got going on. And the reason why Brainchild sounds the way that it does is because it's not a Circle of Dust album. That is correct. It was a side project, and they decided to make it into a Circle of Dust album, so you're bringing that element in. However forced it may have been, it sounds really great. Yeah, I like the distorted, harsh vocals. They're great. They're they're fantastic. Yeah. That's something that there was a lot of in the 90s and a little bit in the early 2000s that I haven't heard in a while is the distorted vocal. And I really like it. And I miss it. It reminds me of the 90s. 
We'll just go back a couple episodes to Cybreed. I'm going to listen to Cybreed again, Jeff. I've been listening <laughs> to them all week. Guilty pleasure of the week, Cybreed. It should be. They're fantastic. They're amazing. So give me some standout tracks on Brainchild. Deviate. Deviate, Regressor. I mean, those are probably my two favorite. Enshrined is Contagion good. Contagion is fucking good, too. I, I like mean, Telltale Crime. Yeah. You know what? Let me put it this way. This is a standout album. This is this is a cover-to-cover -cover type of album. There is no problems listening to it from start to finish. I did it several times over. It's it's great. I mean, I I grew up with industrial music in the mid '90s, and this just scratches that itch, man. I, I said that about the Clank episode, uh, Clank episode too, and you know, there's there's no doubt that you can tell that Clank's been in Circle of Dust. So I think Dan's going to give us a little more info on... Yeah, so uh, last week when we talked about Clank, I said that, you know, uh, you guys were like, yeah, and, you know, Clank was, was in Circle of Dust, and I was like, well, you know, he played on the tours and stuff. It wasn't on any albums. And I kind of created this idea that, like, maybe he was, like, just a hired gun. Um, but after talking to Clank about it, uh, personally, he... Uh, turns you know, out that's not true. turns out that's not true. He was definitely a member of the band. He was doing band stuff. You know, um, you know, doing a lot of the doing a lot of the legwork for the band, and uh, he was a, a he was a, for sure a member of the band. And it's easy to say that you know, well, he wasn't on any recordings. That may be true in the fact that Clayton did the first album by himself twice, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and Brainchild was just a side project between Clayton and somebody else. So, and then at that time after after Brainchild, Clayton had kind of dissolved Circle of Dust. So it's one of those, like, if the band had been going strong or whatever, it's more than likely we would have had Clank on that next album. So this was the period of the 90s where we had this thing that wasn't really big that we just kind of kept going back to and shuffling around a little bit to try and find the niche, find the way to get this thing going. And it just didn't work the way he wanted it to. Because when I listen to this, I hear a pioneering industrial, and I have to use the word, Christian metal artist. Because I can't think of another circle of dust that exists. Because Clank wasn't around yet. No, this is pre-Clank. Uh, I think the thing to remember about Brainchild and Circle of Dust is that they were still very much early 90s metal industrial records and I think they do sound dated in that regard yeah, they definitely don't match up to like what modern industrial would be but I think they sound really like if they hadn't been on like with the Christian label and all that I think maybe and they had had better distribution I feel like these albums would have been considered all time classics yeah and in, in obviously in the Christian metal world they are yeah, I, I don't think they're dated, though. I think that's the only thing I'm going to disagree with well, you on. Well, yes, because you have a more updated version of the first album. Well, that's true. I'll have to let you listen to my cassette sometime. It's, yeah, uh, it's, I, it's, I, it's a different experience for sure. And I was actually confused because I was unaware of it. So whenever I, you know, at first I was like, yeah, I'll listen to the, this cassette. So I listened to the cassette for a couple days. And then I, I pulled it up on my Apple Music and started listening to it. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? It's that different? Yeah. Okay. Well, the track listing's different, too. It's like okay. I said in the beginning, I feel very spoiled. I feel very spoiled because these, I know, are better 
at least the presentation is better than what you may have heard if you got the first release. Brainchild is di- so Circle of Dust's Brainchild also has differences between Brainchild's Mind Warp. There's actually a different version of Deviate, which I'm having trouble finding. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd like to check that out. I didn't realize that it actually it got released as Mind Warp. I thought it always got released as... No, it was released for a short period of time as Brainchild and the album title Mind Warp. I'm confused, I man. I'm that. so fucking confused. So, <laughs> yeah, th- that's that's where we're at. And what, what Dan's saying is there was actually some releases where it was put out as the band Brainchild. Yes as the album Mind Warp and I want to get my hands on it now because sure. <laughs> I really yeah. want to I want to find that cuz I I'll let you know what I find man I can look definitely look around for it I can definitely say that Brainchild was so heavy in comparison because like the record the first record has heavy parts and stuff but I definitely saw it as more of an industrial record and less of a metal record and Brainchild was the exact opposite of that you know, Brainchild's full of thrash riffs and, you know, uh, more screamed, aggressive vocals. And uh, a lot of the sound samples, man, the, the the sheer amount of clips in there. Yeah. And they're they're just, they're so great. And I just love listening to them. And there's so many of them. I actually usually end up finding something new every time I listen to it. My soul is ready. <laughs> How about yours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Because I know you're a big Circle of Dust fan, I, and I haven't listened to it much, but the like the Metamorphosis and the Misguided stuff. Have yeah. You, do, have you heard any of that stuff? Uh, Metamorphosis, I have. Okay. Also on cassette. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. I because mean, that's just like <laughs> remixes. Most of my, my REX, right? yeah, most of my REX music releases are on cassette. Okay. It's actually something that I'm uh, kind of trying to complete. complete. Yeah. So, oh, since we're talking about REX stuff, I I won't shut up about it. Do you have Fleming and John on cassette then? I don't. I think I can get that for you. Okay, great. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome. Okay. So, I, I, I got the CD, but I have a friend. I think he still has his cassette. Okay. So uh, Metamorphosis is a combination of uh, Circle of Dust music, and uh, there's actually some remixes of Living Sacrifice songs on there. That's Oh, that's right, from uh, Non-existent. non-existent. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh, uh-huh. shit, that's why I wanted to check that out. And I, yeah, and Clayton, I, actually, Clayton actually did the very first track on Non-existent called Emerge. Right. Or as Jeff would call it, the only good song on the whole album. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, Clayton took some of the tracks uh, from Non-existent and remixed them and did some pretty cool stuff with them. Yeah, I need to check that out. Uh, Metamorphosis, though, I don't think is strong enough to be its own release. No, because it's just mostly remixed. Stuff, yeah, right? I didn't know if I even wanted to mention it on the podcast because I just, it's great, but there's not a whole lot to it. Well, it is out there. there. That's where you can find the other circle of dust, but I think we need to talk about Disengaged. Amidst all the confusion of what these first three records are, or two, depending on how you look at it, at some point 1998 came around, and how do we get Disengaged from a band that was done? He just decided to do another record, as far as I know. <laughs> um, now, he was off doing his own solo stuff after yeah. Circle of Dust. Yeah, he got disenchanted with the whole, uh, you have to preach more on your... Absolutely, yeah. And Which sucks. It's a I mean, very ordin- very familiar story. Yeah. Yep. I will say this on, uh, what is it, Waste of Time? I, I totally, like, I'm a huge God Lives Underwater fan. He sounds so much, it's kind of eerie to a certain extent how much he sounds like uh, uh, Dave Riley from God Lives Underwater on this track. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, he he's he's he passed away. But well, the first time I heard this song, I was like thrown for a total loop. I was like, I had to go look to make sure that the Riley wasn't actually singing on this. Right. But yeah, this is. Uh, I have to admit, this is probably my least favorite. Well, I hated this when it came out because it didn't sound like Circle of Dust to me. It does, but I just didn't realize it yet. Um, Right. Because Brainchild was so fucking heavy. This record was much more accessible. It was like accessible with memorable songs and hooks and stuff and like melodic elements. There's even like a rapping type thing that goes on. It's all just very weird, and um, I didn't really dig it because I, it was more industrial and less metal, but also more like mainstream rock. Not all that different than something you'd hear from Nine Inch Nails. At least at the start, this sounds like something I heard from Orgy the same year. Yeah, you it know? sounds a little bit like Orgy. Not in a bad you know? way. It, it sounds good. I enjoy this. It does, and one of the most notable things is that like Clayton... He sang on the first Circle of Dust record. I don't remember him doing a whole lot of singing on Brainchild. I'm sure he did, but Brainchild was mostly just like "fuck you up," you know, like heavy <laughs> stuff. Yeah, and then any time that he was singing, it was it was distorted, very distorted. Yeah. So um, this was the first time you're really hearing him sing very clearly. He did on the self-titled a bit as yeah. well, and that sounded good too, especially in the remixes. Uh, and he can actually sing. Yeah, right? he's a very good singer. Yes, and um, he's got a very nice clean innocent singing voice he's what roach coach would call a smooth boy yeah this record was much more mainstream but i think that's good like i think i think for industrial music to survive like you can only go in one of two directions you know like joe's saying like you can go heavier but when you're all programmed if you get to a certain level of heaviness you start just sounding like shit so you kind of have to go the other way with it. And, and every single Circle of Dust album has that moment where we tried to do too much. Well, that's why I think that the album is is geniusly named in the sense that like it's disengaging from Christian music for the most part. I thought he did that on purpose. Yeah, that no, was purely I know. his intent of the, uh, the, the naming uh, of the album. Yeah, but it was genius because it also disengages from like the meatheads that are only here for the mosh, you know? So that's why they lost you. Yeah. At, at least the first time around. Uh, but whenever I went back to listen to it, because I mean, I was like kind of dreading listening to this one because I remember not liking it. And I listened to it this week and I was like, this is great. You know, like uh, I had no issue with it at all. I, I enjoyed listening to the songs. I thought they were catchy. I thought it was a good long album. And uh, I had no issues with it. Um, And honestly, I'm not entirely certain why I hated it so much in the beginning. But, I mean, it is catchier. It sounds like something you hear from Orgy. It's not... It sounds like 1998. Yeah, but it does get heavy at times, but not anything like what we had on Brainchild. Right. And I hate to always describe, like, everything in terms of heaviness versus not heaviness, but... Um, well, this is a metal podcast. This record, That's quite all right. Well, yeah, but this record, uh, <laughs> this record, I hear a lot of punk influence on, like faster tempo songs and yeah. um, just kind of energetic but like melodic at the same time with smooth sung choruses and um, we don't really get the bark like we did on Brainchild or like what we would get later. Right. So, I mean, I think all in all, this was really good and I think it was like a hey, this is what I want to sound like. 
and well, that is know. a lot closer to what he ended up sounding like moving forward with all of his other projects. Yeah, with like the, the cell dweller stuff. Yeah. yeah, there was only other one other one that I was thinking of when I was we were talking about other tracks, and I realized I think a lot of that is actually uh, Argyle Park stuff, that misguided stuff. Yeah, yeah, Argyle Park. Yeah, yeah. So we don't even need to bring that up more than just what I just mentioned just now. Yeah, no, Argyle Park is really cool. Yeah, and that's, and an, that's another one of his projects. basically is just like Circle of Dust, but I don't include it because it's not. You right. Know? Um, you know, though, I mean, if it went, if it was like uh, Brainchild was, maybe eventually they would have, you know, released it as Circle of Dust, Argyle Park, you know? Well, that's kind know. of our biggest restriction with this episode is we're talking about Circle of Dust, which is just one project that one guy does yeah, he has in line with like, everything else. He's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, he's very prolific. We could do a much longer episode on Clayton, and maybe we will. But for now, we're just talking about Circle of Dust. Yeah, maybe for our next uh, Industrial December, Cell Dweller will show up. Although you guys would have to listen to a little bit of that dreaded stuff that you guys hate. Dubstep. Yep. Yep. I won't. Well, then we're not doing a Cell Dweller episode. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, glad we got that out of the way. Yep. No Cell Dweller episode, according okay. to Joe. Okay. So, um, All right. For this portion of the podcast, we'll call Joe up, is going to leave the room. We'll just call up Eric Hall and have him record our voices. Yeah. And we'll just record the episode without Joe. Uh, you know who would actually come in to do Cell Dweller? Uh, My youngest. Oh yeah, fucking love Cell Dweller. We can bring him in if you get it. Once he starts talking, man, he won't shut up though. I'm just telling you right now. He's just oh. like his daddy. Yeah, I love him already. <laughs> okay, so, uh, okay, so we got one album left. Oh, Machines of Our Disgrace. Machines of Our Disgrace. Holy shit! That's all I'm gonna say. So, did you like Brainchild? Yeah, I, I really did. You ever wanted to hear what Brainchild would sound like if it was recorded now? I did, and I got it. This, that's Machines of Our Disgrace. Good night, I, everybody. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Like, I'm completely lacking on the other... Well, besides Brainchild. I can't tell you how many times I listened to this in this past week. Humanarchy. Oh, my God. Humanarchy is the shit. It's the new Deviate. Oh, it's... Fantastic. I could have done without some of the pseudo Gothenburg style riffing, but he kept the shit under control for the most part. Obviously, I like the Gothenburg riffing because it's just, you know, I've, I had made it plainly clear that I like the melodic death metal. So, well, but Brainchild wins for me, if only because it's more traditional, like thrash. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is also that for 2016, but I just I, I can't unhear it. Not that it's bad. This album. I'd probably say, as it, it, crazy as it sounds, I probably listened to this 30 times this week. I mean, I think that that's that's not even close. That's that that is set the bar on how many how many times I listened to a record in one week uh, for this podcast. I think I've I think I've topped out at maybe 10 before, but I'm seriously like close to 30. This thing is that good. Did this live on repeat in your office, Jeff, while you were doing things that you do in your office? Yes. <laughs> and and when, here's the great thing is that it is, um, it's way more acceptable than some of the shit that I like to listen to in the office. So I got, <laughs> fuck you too, Dan. <laughs> I got, it, I got less shit for listening to this in the office than I did with it, anything else by far. So I think that's part of the reason why I got to listen to it on repeat over and over again. 
But this is right up my alley. I love industrial. I love metal. And this is like the perfect harmony for me. This, this backs up what I've always said about industrial. There's something about industrial that everybody likes. It can really be the most accepted music that you can listen to in a public place. And I don't know, but I'm asking, what has he released? And I'm talking about Clayton now. I'm spoiling the future episode. What has he done between 1998 and 2016? Because if you just told me this was his only project and there was an 18-year gap, I would say, what the fuck have you been doing for 18 years? What have you been holding back? Well, he did Cell Dweller. He yeah. did Cell Dweller. Full time. Yep. Which is wildly popular. He really only decided to do another Circle of Dust album once he got all of his shit back from the label. Like, he owned it all and could remix it and remaster it. So I think... I think a lot of it probably had to do with nostalgia for the old material. Because obviously, like, Disengage sounds pretty good for the most part. But, um, you know, Brainchild and Circle of Dust probably needed a little bit more work. And so I think that's why this record sounds more like those records. Yeah, this album is fantastic. It is... For industrial, it's like shot up the charts for me. This is like, there's not a bad track on here. I mean, it's just like Brainchild. Like Nurikim, like I, I love that fucking song. That's great. I, I Obviously, the, the most popular one on here was uh, Contagion. But there's a ton, a ton of good shit on here. Also, the samples are back and they're great. Oh, dude, the samples in a lot of these songs make like make the songs it's great well yeah and like I feel like this is brainchild because I felt the same way about brainchild it's almost like if you want to think of brainchild as a second band as a separate band this is like the second, second brainchild, brainchild album yeah, yeah agreed like, and uh and I love that feeling and so it's entirely possible that maybe I just liked brainchild more than I like circle of dust yeah I I think we're both there on that one. Has this been a secret brainchild episode? Possibly. Kind of. I Is mean, your it, mind warped yet? Surprise. Ah, final thoughts in Circle of Dust. Dan, you first. Oh, my head hurts. Uh, I love the band, and I, I honestly, I kind of hope Clayton to start keeps doing more stuff. Because, I mean, if it's going to be anything like Weapons of Our Disgrace, I mean, holy shit. Like I, I'm more of that, please. Machines of our disguise. Oh, did I say weapons? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's because it's so fucking about, brutal, man. I was thinking about. Uh, I was thinking about weapons of our warfare. Sorry, it's just Jeff. What about you? Machines of our disgrace is like this is what I like to listen to. It's it's like half metal, half industrial. It's not really fully, other than a few tracks, like fully like an, a, a heavy, heavy industrial metal. There's like this nice flow. It's actually kind of like what John Drake was talking about with Dream Theater when it comes to his, the, the prog rock, you know, where there's the ballads that kind of break it up. And, uh, you know, Dan and I didn't necessarily, uh, were fans of the ballad parts of it with that. But the lighter stuff that's in, uh, you know, Machines of, of Our Disgrace, just, it's perfect for me. I mean, this is exactly what I want to hear because I'm not a, um, I like to listen cover to cover, but I don't want to hear the same style for 14, 15 straight songs. 
you know, vary it up a little bit. And, and it's, it's perfect. It, I, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Dan. I, I hope he does more of the circle of dust stuff. If it sounds like this, uh, because it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I like cell dweller, uh, but that's definitely more of the poppy side of industrial with obviously some good old dud stuff that these two uh, jackalopes aren't fans of, but yeah, yeah, it, it Joe's over there about ready to kill me just for even mentioning it, but I don't, I don't mind it. You know, it, it's something different. I mean, this one thing that we should say, Clayton is incredibly versatile. I mean, whether it's the vocal stylings, whether it's the type of music, the dude's really talented. And that's really what it comes down to. And uh, I, I think he knows it and he shows it in all the different types of projects that he's involved in. Uh, we just happen to want more of this project. I concur. I am glad that I got to listen to Circle of Dust all week. I've heard Circle of Dust before. I'm not the biggest fan of industrial. I like industrial and I enjoy listening to it, but I can't sit down and give you a history lesson on industrial. What I can do is listen to a band like Circle of Dust and say, this has everything that I like, slightly different versions of it on every record. But then I get to Machines of Our Disgrace and I say, this band, this release, this sound, more please. And that's what I want. And I enjoy hearing good releases from what is essentially one person. Because while it can be confusing to look at someone's back catalog and say, you've done all of this? And if I was a Clayton fan, I would say it. I could give you a rundown and show you every project he's done and go year by year and here's all the releases and all the different things but just talking about circle of dust machines of our disgrace give me more of that do i still have my people with me i'm sorry this thing's so confusing that like i'm still <laughs> trying to figure it out <laughs> i started reading about argyle park we're gonna have to come back and talk about argyle park sometime yeah, actually, didn't he do more than just one album with Argyle Park? Yes, but it's not called Argyle Park. It's called AP2. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's... Because man, why they, the hell would they call it Argyle Park again, Jeff? Why? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's such a rabbit hole to go down The with fact this that dude. we got four albums that are called Circle of Dust is crazy. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, damn, dude. Let's just stick with one thing from here on out, you know? Like, we love you. We think you're great, but come on, dude. So if he calls the next stop release hiding. Clayton, can you just, is that enough for you? I, I, I think I'm just going to stop listening to Circle of Dust and just go Clank full time. Because that's where it's at. Jeff, what is your album of the week? Oh, I'm going to go way back in time. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Portishead. Portishead. And it's mainly because I love the song All Mine. I could listen to that fucking song all day long and since we started on the um industrial i kind of just started shifting towards like the trip hop side of of music and started listening to portishead massive attack and i listened to this one the most besides uh, circle of dust this week by by far dan what about you well, let me just say this, and it's probably going to be a preview of things to come, but I've been listening to Hellbilly Deluxe. 
by Rob Zombie. Great record. Well, I'm going to give you a definite preview of things to come to get ready for our Christmas episode, which is coming up in a week. I've been listening to this time of year, the EP by Project 86. Everybody needs to get ready for that. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we got an email last week from a listener named Rich, and um, I just felt compelled to share it, and he gave us permission to share it. Um, It was just something that affected us, and um, we just wanted to share with you guys tonight. All right, here we go. Greetings, gentlemen. As a lover of heavy music, I am always on the search for things I have not heard. What is going to be my new love this week? Yeah, I'm a little high strung in my searches. I recently came across your pod podcast nine days ago to be exact. I have devoured several episodes so far, and I say several with a slight caveat. (laughs) (laughs) After every episode, I have gone and listened to the band either spoken about or one or more of the picks of the week. Whether I was familiar with the catalog, you know, Metallica, Megadeth, Zeo, or something I had not yet discovered, Death, the Contortionist, Ne, I believe, Yaskaris, which I still, I don't Why know. Why is how- he listening to all of your bands, Jeff? <laughs> because they're great. What can I say? <laughs> I'm writing to you tonight because of the Contortionist episode. Thank you for your vulnerability. Um, back on September 11th, I lost my four-year-old son suddenly. He was with us one minute and he was gone the next as a dad who has several kids with severe special needs. I knew this was a possibility, but I was in no way ready for it. This is truly the darkest time of my life. Watching myself, my wife and my other children grieve is beyond difficult. But one thing I've always had besides my faith, always had besides my faith is music. I love good music, but my passion for the past 20 years has been metal. Thank you for loving metal as much as I do. Thank you for talking about it as much as I do. Thank you for making me smile and even laugh as you discuss the lifeblood of my soul. I wish many more excellent episodes upon you. Keep doing what you're doing. You have given me a reason to keep going in the darkest of times. Blessings, Rich. So... Um, yeah, Rich, we, we love you, man. And, uh, my, our condolences, uh, I, I feel for you. Dan and I have kids and, uh, th- they mean the world to us. So, you know, you know, thank you for your vulnerability and sharing this with us. We really do appreciate it. But, uh, I, I, I want to, I do want to end it on a bit of a, uh, a high note from Rich. He does give us a, uh, a PS. And that is, P.S., the In Flames episode was on point. <laughs> Where I do like the sense of purpose, I agree completely with the rest of the episode. So if all you... Well, that's a first. Yeah. As I say, if all you people <laughs> out people are like, Dan, you really shouldn't have been so harsh on In Flames. <laughs> you shouldn't have been as drunk either. <laughs> oh, shit. That was all of us. Well, maybe all of us but Joe. But if you guys have not listened to the In Flames episode, we should retitle that Epic Rant. Because Dan has a a good one, I have a good one, and then Dan has another 
Well, fantastic it, one. <laughs> at the end of the year, we're actually I'm thinking about maybe doing a top ten moments on discography <laughs> discussion for the year of 2017. So you're gonna have like a half hour just from the inflames episode. <laughs> I don't know. It, we haven't worked out all the details. Um, I do remember Mr. Trey Suter uh, freaking out on an iTunes reviewer or an Apple Music reviewer. Uh, about a certain <laughs> Caius album, which was a pretty epic rant as well. Um, so I'll take suggestions if anybody wants to tweet or yeah, Facebook. If anybody comment. wants to tweet or Facebook, any awesome moments that you'd like for us to include, uh, we'll probably throw something like that out around the end of the year. One one more thing before we go. Uh, again, Rich, we love you. If you ever need us for anything, just give us a holler. We love you, buddy. And on that note, this has been episode 42 of discography discussion thank you for listening you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at discuss metal subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts including google play itunes and stitcher visit discussmetal.com for all things discography discussion and please send questions and comments to dan and joe show at gmail.com If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. We would like your money. Preferably in small coins placed into bags with dollar signs on the bags. Give me your money. The preacher said my